Welcome to Scrollin', a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket, and this is episode number 15. And as always, I'm joined by Davius Starjumper. What's going on, dude? As always, cannot complain. Cannot complain. Always. Very nice. <laughs> My, are we allowed to say as always yet? Have you been on the show long enough for it to be as always? All right. Uh, edit, edit the as always out. Just can't <laughs> complain. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know. It's, as always, going forward, Davis Starjumper here on the show. <laughs> All right, so let's just get into things here. We have a few announcements. So number one, we have a guild hall now. Uh, we're using the Grand Sigic Villa, which is a house that I've had since Somerset. It's super huge. Davis is using his meta housing skills to get that place all uh, fixed up. It's already starting to look pretty cool. Uh, and then on the on the topic of the guild hall, I just want to make a quick shout out to Danjavan. He hooked us up with some attunable crafting stations. So uh, as soon as the patch goes live, Students Favor is in the game, and we'll be able to have our own Students Favor crafting stations in the guild hall. Huge shout out to Danjavan. Thank you so much, dude. I was not going to be able to get those attunable crafting stations for a while on my own. Um, so you uh, you gave us a nice nice shortcut there. So appreciate it. Everybody's everybody's getting their stoons right off the bat. Yeah, We're, we are set up for stoons. Uh, one of the things Davius has been tasked with in the guild hall is he has to create uh, like a shrine for us to put these crafting Stoon stations shrine. on, uh, and that's you know you'll have to be you'll you'll have this nice ceremony as you're crafting your stoons. Yeah. Um, another announcement, we have decided that going forward, uh, Friday nights are going to be our guild's uh, Imperial City Sit Chair Night, is what we're going to call it, <laughs> I guess, for now. So this has become, I don't know, probably my favorite activity to do as of late. So what we do is we just jump down in Imperial City, we start at our base, we run to middle, kill Molog Ball, uh, and then we pick one of the other two alliances, you know, it's just random which one we choose. And we run all the way to their door, um, and then we just do a slash sit chair in chat. So our characters animate, and they're just sitting there in chairs doing nothing. And our whole goal is to see how long we can sit there before a fight breaks out. <laughs> uh, and we just sit there and watch enemies just come out of their base, and they're like really startled to see us just sitting there, you know. Uh, and usually they'll just kind of sit there and uh, not do much until a few of their buddies show up, uh, which is kind of the whole goal. You know, we want to try to get a sort of an outnumbered fight situation going. So, um, you know, usually by the time five or six people show up outside the door there, they kind of get emboldened enough to, to jump down and try to fight us. And so so off we go. Um, but, you know, sometimes it doesn't go that way. Like there's been a few times we'll be out there and they'll all come down and sit chair with us or we'll just start dancing <laughs> and just having a good time and no one's fighting at all, you know? And, uh, so I feel like that's the ultimate goal is like, Hey, if we can just not fight at all, that's kind of <laughs> what I really want. But if a fight does break out, then hey, that's fun too. <laughs> yeah. It's a win-win. Yeah. It's really fun. I really like it a lot. Um, uh, I thought we would start doing uh, the gold vendor. Uh, well, uh, during, during the announcements, we can just talk about what's going on at the gold vendor this weekend. Uh, now this podcast goes live on Sunday, so if you're listening to it as soon as it uh, as soon as it becomes available, then you have less than a day to take advantage of this information. <laughs> um, but hey, it's something to talk about. So at the Gold Vendor, we have Ring of the Noble Duelist. That's from a medium armor set. Uh, Ring of the Nightmare. It's a heavy armor set. Uh, Ring of the Weird Tree. 
Uh, and then another ring from Meridia's Blessed Armor. And that's probably the one that is going to be on most people's ra radar. Uh, that's a bind on equip item, so you can trade that or sell it to other players. Uh, and this set is kind of OP, man. Um, so the five piece on this thing, uh, when you block an attack, you have a 33% chance to blind the attacker, causing them to miss all of their attacks for five seconds. And this effect can occur every 10 seconds. So... 1v1, you basically have a 50% uptime on this thing, and during that uptime, your attacker cannot hit you with any attacks whatsoever. Or any attacks that are dodgeable, basically. Um, so, you know, over the course of a whole fight, your attacker is missing half, like 50% of their attacks. Uh, so pretty OP. You know, it's only really that useful 1v1, but it, it can be useful in outnumbered situations as well. Um, it's pretty cheesy, but it's also fairly popular. Um, I don't plan on using this set at all, but I did buy a couple of these rings because I'm going to sell them on guild traders and probably make a decent amount of gold. So um, I might recommend that you do the same if you're interested in such a thing. Um, and we also have uh, the Troll King and a Lambrus Shoulders for sale on the gold vendor as well. And that is what's happening at the gold vendor. Anything to add, Davius? Um, yeah, I was just I was just gonna say, you know, do you want to give kind of for all those people that aren't familiar with the gold vendor, do you want to kind of give them like a brief? Oh yeah, explanation of the gold vendor and gold where it's vendor at. Is. That's man. <laughs> I knew you brought. I knew I, I knew I brought you on the podcast for a reason. You know, it's already paying off. Uh, gold vendor. If you don't know what the gold vendor is, every weekend I think it goes up like late Friday night. There's a special vendor that appears in Cyrodiil at your factions, at your alliance's home base. It's this Khajiit lady that's growing, this glowing, this bright uh, gold aura. That's how you can spot her. Um, you go talk to her, and she has these special items that she sells for uh, either alliance points or gold. Uh, and if you're like me, you do a lot of PvP, but you don't really spend your alliance points on all that much. So I have millions and millions and millions of alliance points and this is one of the few <laughs> things to me that are really valuable that i can get for alliance points uh, all the rings are gold quality as well so uh, a lot of times what people do if they have like a, an excessive amount of alliance points they don't have anything better to do with it even if the gold vendor isn't selling anything very good you can just buy a whole bunch of gold rings uh, and then just go decon them all for the for the gold mats, you know. And that's uh, just like a real easy way to get a bunch of gold mats. Yeah. Um, or like in the case of this blessed ring, it's just a valuable thing that players are willing to pay a lot of gold for, um, so you can make a lot of gold that way. Uh, and occasionally, you know, you get something that you actually really want. Like they had uh, trappings of invigoration rings a few weekends ago, and I snatched those up, and uh, now I'm totally using them on my my main character. Love the gold vendor. It's great. Yeah. Great thing. Yeah, I'm always excited. It's usually like midday Saturday when I remember, oh yeah, the gold vendor. <laughs> what do they have? Um, so yeah, check that out if you haven't yet. All right, so that's it for announcements. So let's get into uh, the news and patch notes and that sort of stuff. So as a reminder, if you're not aware, Graymore for PC is just a few days away. So if you're wanting to get in on those pre-order bonuses, you better do that here pretty quick because time is running out. Um, there have been a few press releases here. Uh, one on Monday was called Battle a Monstrous Army in Kind's Aegis, Greymoor's 12-player trial. And I'll put a link to this article in the description. Um, but basically, they're just kind of giving you some of the story setup of what's going on in the trial. 
Uh, they talk about how they listen to player feedback, that you know players wanted the trials to be more linear and give a better sense of progression. And they also wanted non-boss encounters to be more impactful as well. Yeah, I think this is I think this is actually pretty cool. You know, I, I used to uh, play uh, WoW, and very rarely do I have good things to say about it now. But <laughs> one of the good things that I that I do like is that the equivalent, uh, their equivalent to a trial is that you know a lot of the fights um, in the trial uh, you have to be very strategic, even if it's not a boss fight, you know, it's just a regular mob uh, encounter. There's still strategy and, and place and kind of things like that. And it kind of feeds to the overall feel of a trial. You know, when you're in a trial, this is kind of like the highest level of fight, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the end game. This is, you know, the huge boss. This is like, you know, a high end difficult thing. And so when you make these non boss encounters, more strategic you know you have to do certain things and there's not necessarily mechanics to it but you know but you do have to take it seriously or it could wipe out the group it gives more to the trial you know it makes it it kind of gives that more heightened sense of okay this you know this is a serious fight this is going to be fun uh you know and and anytime there's there's extra strategy and things like that i think there's uh it adds to the fun of the experience and so i think this is a really cool change i'm excited about this one um, they also give us some info, a little bit of info about kind of the sort of mechanics you can expect to find in some of the boss fights. Not a lot of details, but just kind of a general uh, sense of what's going on in there. Um, there's going to be three bosses, three different hard modes again. So I think it's going to be kind of like Cloud Rest and some other trials where you can do one, two, or all three bosses at the same time. And you get different achievements depending on which, which way you do it. Um, they say the final boss has multiple phases with uh, new mechanics in each one, and it's going to require a lot of communication and coordination in order to, to defeat it. Um, so they also did a live stream just yesterday uh, where they talked a little bit about uh, some of the art and lore uh, that's going into um, the Greymore stuff. And they also did a uh, an unboxing of the physical collector's edition of the game. Uh, so just kind of showing you what comes with that and all of that. So if you're interested in that, there'll be a link for that in the description. Uh, I don't really care too much about the collector's edition, you know, stuff, but uh, I did think it was cool to hear them talk about the creative process and coming up with the artwork and talking about some of the lore surrounding this upcoming story and stuff. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're interested in that kind of thing, I think it's worth it just for that stuff. I'm, I'm curious. I haven't had a chance to watch this yet, but I'm curious, what did you, what was your kind of like highlight on the art lore that they discussed? Like the, maybe the coolest part or something. Uh, well, one thing that's kind of stood out to me is, um, you know, the, on the on the box art of the Greymore DLC, it's like this sort of like um, wolf pendant looking thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of interesting. They didn't want to talk too much about what went into the design of that because it would be a spoiler. Uh, uh, so apparently, spoilers are contained within that little symbol that's on the box art of the Greymore DLC. Interesting. Uh, just kind well, of interesting. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> That is an exciting uh, yeah. little tidbit there. I thought, I thought it was a fairly entertaining little stream. Um, this next thing, it's not really news, but it is sort of newsworthy, I think. Um, <laughs> so there was a, a um, yet another forum post. There, these things pop up almost daily uh, of someone asking about grouping in Battlegrounds again. Uh, and every time these pop up, they're very popular, very, very active threads, uh, multiple pages long, and... Um, and, oops, that's my cell phone. 
<laughs> and uh, players on both sides of this argument, you know, chiming in uh, and all of that. Uh, well, this time an actual developer chimed in and kind of cleared some stuff up for everyone. Uh, and basically uh, what they said is that there are no plans right now to add grouping back. Uh, it's not something they're really talking about or thinking about. They're just focused on other things like performance. So uh, this is a topic we've kind of discussed to death, you know, in recent <laughs> episodes already. So I don't think we really need to dive all into it all again. But I, the fact that a developer commented on it and it was such a a clear, definitive statement like this isn't happening anytime soon. So just forget about it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, it's worth mentioning. You know, because we were, I think we were kind of sitting around waiting, like, well, maybe this patch is going to come back. But now we can just kind of relax and be like, you know what, this is just what Battlegrounds is now, and we can just accept that and move on. Yeah, 100% agree with what you said right there. It was, it's excited, and I thought it was cool that the developer actually kind of gave us a heads up. Uh, even with that announcement, I think, you know, everybody knows, everybody listens to this podcast knows our thoughts on this. We missed, we missed Team Battlegrounds. It was a lot of fun. We wish they'd find a way to make it work again. But um, I did think it was cool that the developer at least let us know because, you know, even, even me and you, you know, we've been kind of – it's almost – internally we've thought all right it's just around the corner it's just around the corner so there has been this anticipation sure you know, it's coming back next patch right? yeah like yeah. we're waiting for it you know like oh we just can't wait and now at least now we know like all right like that's it's not going to come for a while we can refocus those efforts or you know or planning or things else you know in other other areas elsewhere um not the zone, but the actual sure, word sure. elsewhere. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was cool that the developer at least came on and gave us kind of a heads up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wish they had made a different kind of comment, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, something's better than nothing. Um, all right, so that's kind of all that's going on outside of PTS. So let's talk a little bit about PTS. So this week it's PTS version 6.0.4. This is the final week of PTS. So Basically, everything's locked in at this point, but there, there often are, you know, there often are a handful of surprises when the patch goes live. So I wouldn't be surprised if some numbers and things are different when the patch actually goes live. But overall, we're probably looking at a pretty clear picture of, of what the patch is going to look like. Um, we've already talked about everything uh, that's happened on PTS in quite a bit of detail, so we're not going to um, rehash every single thing. But we are going to kind of do a quick roundup of the things that are, we're looking forward to, the things that maybe we're dreading or worried about, or just general, <laughs> general things that are on our radar uh, going into the patch. Um, so let's get into it. Number one, of course, the new Stoon's Favor armor set. Now, this set came out swinging really hard week one of PTS, slightly, wor slightly nerfed week three of PTS. And then absolutely destroyed <laughs> the following week. They're coming um, after Steen's goons. They're coming really, after us. Really? I mean, not a trash set, but certainly not, not as exciting as it was in that first iteration. But, you know, we named our guild after this set, so we have to be excited <laughs> about it no matter what. So, We're all in. Uh, so definitely looking forward to this set. Um, Steen's favor. Um, the new Baylorg, it's getting buffed considerably i would say i think probably you know it's already a very popular set i think it's probably going to be even more popular um amberplasm's getting buffed super excited about that uh, i think we're going to see this new venomous smite set be paired up with azure blight reaper uh, i think those two sets combined are going to be very powerful for taking out entire groups of players so maybe like um 
in battlegrounds, I bet we're going to see things like this. Um, people using these two sets together to wipe out entire squads. I could see even in Cyrodiil, maybe a couple of people running this kind of setup to try to wipe out Zergs and stuff like that. It could be very, very powerful. It's kind of cool that the theme of those two sets goes together really well, too. Yeah, yeah, they really seem to synergize really nicely. And really, if that's the kind of build you're going going for, like I want to be able to wipe out large groups of people, uh, it seems like that pairing right there is going to make that very possible. Um, of course, the new Malakath Band of Brutality, that's uh, one of the new mythic items, and that's probably the one that most people are really wanting to get their hands on. Um, that's going to really shake things up a lot. We talked about that quite a bit on the last episode. The new Thracian Stranglers, that thing's going to shake things up a lot as well. It's going to be a wild item to have in the game. I'm super excited about Ring of the Wild Hunt, the one that makes you run really fast. That's going to be awesome. I'm going to try to get that on as many stamina characters as I possibly can. The, the Ring of Ket is what I'm going to start calling it. <laughs> yeah, Ket's Ring. <laughs> really, all the mythic items are looking pretty sweet. Even the mm -hmm. one that we were not super hot on on week one, the, the chess piece that gives you Magicka when you block. Yeah. Um, you know, they buffed it considerably, and that thing's even looking pretty tasty now as well. Yeah, it's gonna be really um, exciting just to get that first mythic item. I think it's it's. Oh, can you? It's gonna. Can you imagine the dopamine hit you're oh, gonna get? It's gonna, you, it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> it's gonna be so sweet. <laughs> Even and regardless uh, of which one it is, you know, there's there's really, it'll be. Good. Yeah, it'll. It, you can use all of them, so it's gonna Probably be cool the to snow see. Snow treaders is like the least exciting one, and even that one, I feel like I'm gonna try to find a way to use it. Oh yeah, exactly. I think that's yeah. the cool part too is when you actually get it, you're gonna be like, all right. Like, which character is going to get this and which character is going to shift to make this item work? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so the mythic items in general I'm excited about just because it, it, it shakes up your build options so much. It's mm -hmm. really going to, like, the new mythic items with the new crit resistance and, and all the new damage that's happened that's being added to the game. Man, the, the meta, we've said it before, the meta is just going to be weird for a little while. Um, also looking forward to this new Yandir's Might set. It's one of the new trial sets, but we talked about this and uh, we all kind of agreed that this could actually work really well uh, on a PvP build as well. Yep. Uh, this is the one where you build up these uh, stacks of stamina recovery, I think up to five stacks. Uh, and then whenever you want, you can do a heavy attack and trade that stamina recovery for damage. Really cool idea for a set. Yeah. Um, and then we're probably going to be seeing a lot more arena weapons on people's builds because arena weapons, uh, as we mentioned before, are being put on a perfected, non-perfected system. So you can do normal Dragonstar arena or normal Maelstrom arena and get a hold of those weapons. So I think a lot more players are going to be willing to go through that content to get these weapons now. So we're probably going to see those a lot more. Yeah, I think that kind of adds into the build diversity too. You know, where this, I think that oh, yeah. this we may be going into a a like the most diverse PvP you know builds that we've that we've ever been a part of. Yeah, here. certainly, because like no longer do you have to wear all M pen. You have you have the option to wear mm -hmm. other traits on your armor. Um, and we have we have these new mythic items. We have more easily accessible arena weapons. Monster sets have been adjusted quite a bit so that some of them are less attractive some of them are more attractive yeah um yeah like i said things are just gonna be weird for a while man i'm it's 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 gonna be really cool to see where the dust settles what the meta looks like is there really a clear-cut meta or is like every build just totally different um yeah there's some cool yeah. possibilities i mean and and you know like you know we've talked about before but like the you know blood spawn and troll king are both getting nerfed and those are mm -hmm. sets that we both use but part of me is kind of excited about it because 
everybody uses blood spawn blood spawn and troll king and now those will be more unique fits to builds rather than all right my pvp build is this uh i'll throw on blood spawn or troll king <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah totally just uh just bring them down a little bit so that it's not the obvious choice anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, the one thing I'll say about Bloodspawn is that I'm surprised at how um, timid the community response has been to that change. Uh, I always imagined if Bloodspawn got nerfed that the PvP community would just, you know, flip their tables over <laughs> and just, you know, they've had it. But people seem to be weirdly like... I don't know, not not super up in arms about it. Which hey, I mean, not no complaints. That it always annoys me when people get like really outraged like yeah. that. But uh, yeah, it just <laughs> defies my expectations, honestly. They just you know everybody expected it to be nerfed for so long now. So now that it finally happened, it's just like oh okay, yeah. this is when it's happening. <laughs> yeah, there it is. We all we all knew. I mean, we definitely all knew Troll King was getting nerfed at yeah. some point. Uh, I still plan using Bloodspawn, but I like now that instead of, all right, this is one of the go-to sets. Now it's like, all right, Bloodspawn is if you have a ultimate-type build. Like, it's it's the go-to for that ultimate build. But if you don't have an ultimate build now, there's really not a point to using it. So I, I think that's the really cool part is that, that we should see either more monster set you know have an opportunity to fit their way into builds or you know with like we said with you know arena weapons mythic weapons you know maybe monster sets aren't so dependent you know maybe you don't have to have monster sets anymore so oh yeah it's absolutely going to be a more optional thing going forward mm-hmm. it's just one of the options you have to get the stuff in your build that you're trying to get um, I mentioned that we're uh, getting base critical resistance added to our character as a base stat. Um, super duper excited about this. I honestly, I think it seems like a minor thing, but I think this is the thing I personally am looking forward to the most because it's going to allow me to do some stuff in my builds that I've been wanting to do, but I felt like I, I, I couldn't do before because it would leave me too vulnerable as far as my defensiveness went. Um, so very excited about that. That's really, really awesome. Really excited about the alliance change tokens. I'm at least going to be moving two characters over right away, probably three. Super, super excited about that. Um, looking forward to seeing uh, what the situation with uh, werewolves and vampires is going to be. So obviously there's going to be a ton of vampires right out of the gate because it's the new thing. Um, and, you know, werewolves are getting some buffs as well. Um, but I'm curious, you know, a month, two, three months from now, the new has worn worn down. The hype has died down. What what's gonna? How's it gonna shake out with the popularity of vampires versus the popularity of werewolves? Because an interesting thing has been uh, during this development cycle is you know vampires got this whole rework right. They've been totally reinvented. It's like a different thing entirely now. Uh, whereas werewolves, they just kind of got a handful of quality of life changes. Now they're significant quality of life changes, but it's not like werewolf has been totally reinvented right yeah there's no no new abilities or anything like that just slight changes to abilities and things like that yeah just kind of making things a little easier for werewolves as far as getting the buffs that you need like the standard typical buffs that you typically have in a build um and the thing is people who play werewolves are like over the moon about what's happening with these (laughs) these comparatively small werewolf changes compared to what's happening with vampire um, but the community response to this new vampire rework, rework is like, man, I don't know. It seems weird. We'll see. <laughs> you know, 
Um, so I'm very curious to see, like, is Vampire actually going to become like a really popular play style? Um, my hunch tells me that werewolf popularity is going to skyrocket because they're looking really good now. Um, and I'm not so sure about Vampire without more further adjustments. Yeah, this is going to be really interesting because, you know, and especially in PvP, uh, I don't know so much about the PvE side of things, but in PvP, werewolves, they're just, you know, they're they're much, much more rare. Uh, and, and vampires right now is that in the way that, you know, we're on the current way of vampire, almost every Magicka user is a vampire. So you have this massive amount of vampires. Very rarely do you see a werewolf. Uh, you'll see them every now and then, but, you know, it's you usually don't see a whole lot of them. Yeah, but especially going, like in BGs, you hardly yeah, see them at all. Yeah. Uh, but going forward, and kind of like you said, you know, months down the road, is this going to switch? Are we going to see werewolves all over the place just because, like you said, they got some great quality of life changes? And, you know, as you kind of said, the vampire, you know, the community's kind of hesitant, like, how to make this work? How's it going to work? Or, you know, are vampires going to become a, a more rare thing to see? Uh, you know, are those numbers kind of kind of flip-flop? A lot of werewolves, little vampires compared to what we are right now. That's kind of my prediction, honestly. I, I, I predict that the vampire population will go down and the werewolf population will go up. Which is, not at first. First month yeah. or so, you know, it's going to be vampires galore. Um, yeah. But, you know, after the new, after the hype is all over. That's, Very that's ironic considering it's like the vampire expansion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it could be totally wrong. It's just a prediction. I mean, once vampires actually here and... You know these really good players get their hands on it and figure out how to how to make it op and stuff. You know maybe we'll be totally wrong and vampire yeah. will be like everyone wants to be that. Uh, it just doesn't seem like that. What I'm reading on the on the page, it just doesn't look like that will be the case to me. Aside from that stuff, uh, I really am looking forward to the new zones, the Greymore and Blackreach zones. I'm super looking forward to just exploring all that getting into those quests and storylines. I, I really, truly do enjoy uh, doing that stuff. Uh, finding all the new cosmetics and dyes and crafting styles and all that stuff that you tend to get in these DLCs. Just just looking around, you know, you get all this cool stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the time of Nords, so my excitement level is just through yeah. the roof. Yeah. <laughs> We're all about Nords. It's, it's the focus is Nords. I mean, just... Just and it's a really neat thing. You know, they talked about on that live stream last night how they wanted to simultaneously evoke a sense of nostalgia for people who have played Skyrim in the past. Um, but also, you know, this is a, a new experience. This is 800 years prior to the events of Skyrim. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they, they had to kind of walk that balance of like, you know, they want you to feel nostalgic and like, kind of like you're returning home, but it also needs to be a whole new experience at the same time. And I could kind of see that. Like when I logged on to PTS and just ran around for a while, I mean, you, you definitely feel like I'm in Skyrim now. And if you know that map from the game, you know this map too yeah uh and and we've, we've talked about this in the past but the pve team you know the design team the lore team they i have the utmost confidence in them they have been knocking it out of the park lately they have been doing a great job so just the utmost utmost confidence with them going into this oh yeah this i think whatever expansion. whatever opinions or expectations we have for vampire or these mythic items or whatever like is it good is it bad we could debate it all um but yeah We've said it before. The story stuff, I have no doubt, is going to be top notch, and, and I'm really, I'm really, really looking forward to it. I was going to bring up a couple uh, PTS quick notes. Um, okay. They made a, they made a mention of a, a fix for Thrasian Stranglers that I thought was pretty hilarious. Okay. Uh, 
apparently it was working with uh, critter kills, so you could kill like <laughs> squirrels that. or things like that. I just think that's hilarious that you know somebody figured that out and somebody was going and killing all these critter little critters, getting the stacks up, and then just going and wreaking havoc. Yeah, you uh, just like like when you accidentally <laughs> ult one of the like worms yeah. or something on the ground that, that gives you one of the stacks. I just in my mind the image is like somebody put on like a big AOE and just ran through a field and all these little <laughs> squirrels and rabbits died and their damage just kept building and building. Uh, yeah. Just hilarious thought of that. Uh, I also found this just single line, and it was kind of all by itself in the PTS. I just I just started cracking up laughing when I read it. Uh, all it was is Darvassa, Thalus, and Blackreach is now wearing clothes. <laughs> it was oh. just this little single so line. Just all this but naked person <laughs> yeah. hanging out, huh? <laughs> there was this naked person in Blackreach, and they just there was all this lonely little PTS line like, like Oops, "Hey guys, we forgot to give this one clothes." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this one's got clothes now. So that Good when deal. I was scrolling through patch notes, that would just crack me up. And it, yeah. and it even made it funnier that it was just its own single line by itself. Yeah. Uh, it was just a little gold nugget in the patch notes. That's funny. Um, but yeah, you know, as we said, we, there's so much stuff we're looking forward to. Um, so much anticipation. I'm really, really excited. For, for me personally, you know, I'd mentioned this. Uh, Eternal Vigor is a new Overland set. That's probably the set I'm looking forward to the most. Yeah. I think this set has potential to be maybe my favorite set in the game. Um, you know, I we've already talked about it. It pairs great with the Ancient Dragon Guard. It has very similar. But just to kind of give an overview of this set, you know, the two-piece is 129 Magicka Recovery. Three-piece three is 129 Stamina Recovery. Four-piece is 129 Health Recovery. So all the recovery... Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the five piece is a flat uh, 1407 max health, which is always good. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it gives 337 stamina and magicka recovery while your health is above 50%. And then it adds 1011 health recovery while your health is 50% or less. Um, I think this is just going to be unreal sustain type set. I mean, it's we're talking. It's going to be awesome. And like with the the recoveries that you get for the two through four piece bonuses on yeah. top of the, the five piece bonus, you can easily just run tri-stat food and all yeah. good on recovery. Yeah, we're talking 450 50 stamina and magic of recovery. And I think that's a huge, I mean, from a PVP standpoint, to get stamina yeah. and magic recovery at that level. And you're going to use level. that on a stam sork too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm putting so it on. So you're going to be dark dealing till the, <laughs> till the cows come Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and and then you know not to you know not to even put aside you know the 1407 max health is a great you know as as just kind of a great little nugget in the five piece but we're talking you know with that four piece health recovery and while you're under 50 percent health we're talking 1140 health recovery when you're below 50 percent health that is basically uh you know that's that's basically a troll king yeah it's Uh, very it's it's more than the neutral king. It's yeah. stronger than the neutral king. Yeah, and it's just kind of fit into this set with, and it and this set's already great just from the sustain number. So, uh, I think this set is going to be uh, huge, and I'm really really excited to use this set. Sweet dude, yeah, I'm excited to see it in action, especially on your Stamsork build, which I know you're going to talk about a little bit <laughs> oh, later. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, seems like a, a super solid set, and especially like like you were saying, uh, paired with uh, Ancient Dragon Guard, which it just seems like the perfect counterpart um, yes. to that. Yeah, That'd above cool. 50% health, you have damage and sustain. Below 50% health, you have um, 
resistances and uh, health recovery. So yeah, like a double layer of uh, protection. It's yeah. really cool. All right. Well, why don't we take a quick break uh, and then we'll come back and talk about what we've been up to in the Elder Scrolls Online here lately. Sounds good. So I've just been putting the finishing touches on Old Betsy, which is my Stamina Templar, my PvP main favorite character. Love this uh, love this character, and I'm really loving uh, the way this build is coming together. Uh, so the Serial campaign ends today, so I'm going to be getting, I think, seven uncracked, you know, 50 transmute <laughs> geodes, so I'm pumped about that. Uh, all I need to do is transmute uh, this character's jewelry. I'm going to do uh, one infused, two swift. Uh, it's going to be damage glyphs on everything, damage mundus. Um, and as a reminder, I mentioned it before, but the uh, the setup is going to be uh, Trappings of Invigoration, Hulking Draugr, and Grundwolf. That's going to be the gear that I'm using. Uh, everything's already golded out. I got tri stats on everything. Even the even the jewelry is gold because I got those two uh, Trappings of Invigoration rings at the gold vendor a while back. So that's really nice. So I just had to gold out one necklace, and now it's totally gold. Really, really awesome. It's a great feeling when you finish out that that full gold of a build. Oh, it's just I just I just sit there on my inventory screen and just look at all the gold things. <laughs> just rotate from one yeah. gold item to the it's next. All gold, <laughs> all of it, every single piece. <laughs> uh, oh, and very important, I, I modified her appearance slightly. She has a new style of boots now. Uh, the she's using the Anaquina light armor boots, and they look really nice on her. It, I think it's a very good look. Oh, you know, we always talk about this, and and people, you know, they need to know this. The most important part to any build any character is the cosmetics you've got to get that look right you gotta get the look right because that's what inspires you to like really like explore that character and and what they're they're capable of i swear it it really is true if i really (laughs) put in some time and like make my character look freaking sick then I'm going to have a tendency to want to put a lot of time into that character and yep. make them good. And I really do think it makes a difference. <laughs> it, makes, it really does. It makes a huge difference. That yeah. I've even had characters that I'll put a look together, like the look so much. And then as I make it, like it'll even, it'll even have slight. And I, I, you know, I emphasis on slight. It'll even have slight adjustments on abilities I use for the character. Yeah. Just because the flavor works a little better or something. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, so super excited about Betsy. She'll be finished, completely finished today. Uh, I have my outline created for making her build video, so that'll be going up probably next weekend or sometime soon. Uh, very excited about that. Uh, I've also been spending a lot of time on my Magic and Necromancer. I might be even more excited about uh, this build right now. I've just been having so much fun with this thing. <laughs> um, so it's a Magic and Necromancer um, PvP healer slash support build. Uh, and it's just all about that healing and support. Uh, I changed the race; it's an Argonian now, uh, and I renamed uh, the character to Despair, which I think is a really cool uh, great name. name. Great name. <laughs> uh, kind of an- kind of anime like, but perfect yeah. for what the character is as well. Yeah, yeah, it, she absolutely is a source of despair for enemies. So uh, just a quick reminder, I mentioned this, I think, on the last episode, but the gear is uh, Healing Mage, a.k.a. AKA the Mending Set. Uh, so that's the one where you cast an AoE heal, and then it reduces uh, nearby enemies' weapon damage by 430. Uh, so it basically just takes away their new Acolyte damage. It's bonus. a huge debuff, too. Yeah, just really huge. nice. 
Um, I'm using the new Critical Repost uh, set. That's one of the new uh, Cyrodiil crafted sets. Uh, so basically just anyone who deals critical damage to me, they're going to get a crit debuff. Uh, and I'm using Mighty Chudan for the monster set. Uh, and basically this build is just awesome, man. It has heals, <laughs> just massively huge heals. It's like I, I was tanking uh, banner bosses in Imperial City, yep. not even holding the block button. I was just, just standing there and like my health bar was barely moving. Just standing straight in the AoE, the heals are off the charts. As There's someone who has run with this build, I can verify how awesome it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, has a ton of CC. I basically just control any piece of ground that I'm standing on. It's mine. And any enemies, <laughs> they just have to get off of it. Um, really awesome. Uh, tons of heavy debuffs. Tons of awesome heals. Uh, it's really awesome. We, Davius and I, we were running around Imperial City last night. I was on this this healer build. Uh, you were on your new Stam Sork, which you're going to talk about here in a minute. I'm excited yep. to hear that. Um, but man, we were just having an awesome time. It turned out to be a really good pairing, the, uh, these two characters together. Yes. Uh, by the way, the noon sirens are kicking on again. It is not an emergency. <laughs> uh, if you can hear the sirens in the background, this happens every Saturday at noon. They test the sirens because we get tornadoes from time to time, and so they're making sure the sirens work. Do not Cat be alarmed. Cat is safe. <laughs> uh, I live pretty close to one of the actual like sirens, so it's it's pretty audible in my house. Um. Anyway, we were running around in Imperial City. Uh, <laughs> the, the siren throws me off, man. The the siren uh, should have been playing when we were running around Imperial City. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm on this Necromancer healer. Davius is on his brand new Stam Sork, and yeah, it turned out to be just be a really awesome pair. Got in some really great fights. Uh, at one point, we went down deep into uh, DC tunnels. We went all the way to their door, and we're basically doing the same the thing we were saying at the beginning the 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 sit chair thing, right? We go mm -hmm. uh, up to their base, and we just sit in a chair until we get a big fight going. It's the Stoon's uh, goons way. It's the goon <laughs> way, um, and that's basically exactly what happened. We sat there long enough, and I don't know, ten or so of them piled up out there. And it was just the two of us and, and, a, and a random uh, friendly Sork that we bumped into while we were out there. I invited him to groups. So it was the three of us. Yep. Uh, and we, we fought them and had such an awesome time. They killed us two or three times. Um, and then we just went straight back there uh, again and again because we're, we're like, we know we can beat this group. Even the two times that they they kind of overwhelmed us, it was great fights. Like it wasn't quick. It was yeah. They went we would take a while. several of them out. You know, we'd go and then it was just kind of over a while that we'd get slightly overwhelmed. Yeah, yeah, um, and maybe a little bit of just not great decision making on our part. You oh know, yeah, like, yeah, for uh, sure. You know, we had we had to kind of figure it out and figure out what our strategy was. Uh, but then we went there uh, the final time, and man, so worth it. Sweet, sweet victory. <laughs> we wiped their entire group. We, we like tried multiple times. We kept trying to like kind of bait them through this uh, this choke point. They finally went for it. We ult dumped them. We did some spin to wins. I was just spamming my heels and CC everywhere. Um, it was just like utter elation, man. We wiped the whole group, <laughs> and just within like a couple of seconds, they were all gone, and we were just standing there like, did we do it? <laughs> this oh is my fantastic. Gosh. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I, I even have to mention, too, that, you know, while we were fighting them and they're overwhelming us, we had a banner boss had gotten pulled. Anybody with familiar yes. with Imperial City knows these are NPC bosses. They're extremely they tough. tough. They 
have massive AOE and and de- they throw these debuffs that slow you and snare you. Uh, so this, we were getting this pulled the entire time this is happening. This this banner's running around hitting us, and it's for some reason it is focused on us, and so it's it hitting us. It is aggroed on us the entire time. Yeah, we kept trying to, you know, at least hope that the aggro would bounce around t- between us and these DC, but never happened. It was focused on us, so um, it was. I mean, the banner just kind of added to the epicness a little bit. It was. Yeah. frustrating fighting a banner and all of the being outnumbered by all these dc but it's still you know we were just moving quick a lot of strategy the fact uh, that we was, lasted as long as we did with that yeah. going on was we felt pretty accomplished but they yes. yeah with the banner and they finally overwhelmed us they got us but then we, we got back up and we went back down there and got our revenge and uh it was awesome they had a couple of a uh, couple of the dc lobies just got up on a, like a perch and just did a sit chair up there and was, was just watching the fight happen yeah, and stuff. They, and they were like applauding us and stuff like that. It was, they it was really they cool. kept whispering me in game, you know, giving us kudos. And uh, it was really cool. They were saying some real nice stuff. Great, great night of Imperial City. Yeah, it was. Uh, we, we had a really great time. It was kind of a slow start. Like there weren't a lot of people on at first, but it definitely picked up. We, we got a, a few good fights. Uh, I, I recorded some of it. I put up a, like a short little three-minute video uh, on YouTube, just uh, highlighting a, a couple of the outnumbered situations. And uh, yeah, I mean, we just had an awesome time. I, I really, I really love Imperial City. Now that BGs is the thing that it is now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, Imperial exactly. City's where it's at. For yeah, sure. I hundred percent agree with that. Imperial City is is my favorite mode of PPP right yeah. now for sure. So yeah, that's that's kind of all I've been up to. Uh, so why don't we uh, get on to Davis? I want to hear about this Stamsork because uh, I was playing alongside this character just last night, and I know you're excited about it too. So what's what's going on here? So the the finished idea of this, I can't actually quite finish it until Graymore, uh, is what I've kind of talked about. I'm really excited about that Eternal Vigor set. I'm excited about how well it works with Ancient Dragon Guards. Uh, just kind of quick reminder, uh, Ancient Dragon Guard is, you know, when you're above 50% health, the five piece, when you're above 50% health, you get 300 weapon and spell damage. When you're below 50% health, you get 3460 physical and spell resistance. Um, and then as we talked about Eternal Vigor, when you're above 50% health, you get the great sustain. When you're below 50% health, you get the health recovery. So they're just a, a perfect pair so that's actually the finished build, and then I'm doing a monster set of Grundwolf, just kind of for extra sustain. Uh-huh. Uh, can't have ever have too much sustain on a, on a Sork, well, that's, and especially Stam Sork. <laughs> so perfect, too, because that Eternal Vigor is giving you stamina and Magicka recovery, and Grundwolf is giving you stamina and Magicka recovery. And I feel like Stam Sork, more than anyone, benefits from, from having both, right? Because yeah. you can trade one for the other basically as yep. much as you please. I have Dark Deal on there. Um, so I've been really excited about this build and as I've been tinkering, I've been really excited about it. So, uh, I've been, you know, switching from a mag sork to a stam sork, you know, there it's taken a little bit. I got to level up, uh, you know, new weapons and things like that. And so last night was really kind of the first initial test of, all right, what's this going to look like in PVP? I don't have eternal vigor yet. So I just threw, um, Oh, what's the name of that set I threw on there? Kind of just as a placeholder. Oh, Seventh uh, Legion, wasn't it? Seventh Seventh yeah. Legion. I threw that Which on there. It's also a great kinda, set. 
Yeah, a great yeah. set. Seventh Legion is is fantastic. So I threw it was working pretty well for you last night. <laughs> <Yeah. actually. laughs> so I threw Seventh Legion on there in place of Internal Vigor, uh, just kind of as a placeholder, and just kind of did this initial. All right, what's this going to look like in PvP? Uh, and as you you know, as you had, had mentioned, as we talked about, uh, test run went fantastic. This character was great, just moving around, zipping in and out. Um, I don't. You were have having a blast. The, I could tell. Yeah, I was watching, and yeah, you were having a great time. <laughs> so much fun with the character, and yeah. you know, it went that well. Uh, I, I will reference there is on on Ket's uh, YouTube channel. There's a video, just a quick video of kind of a highlight of some of the fights last night of, of us using these characters. Uh, so definitely, you know, go to his channel, check out that video. You can kind of see us uh, do some quick fights, but um, just it was. It, it, this, the quickness of this character, the zipping in and out, um, just went really well. And I have to mention that I was surprised how well it went because I'm really, you know, there's a lot of work left to do on this character. You know, I, I'm using dual wield. Uh, I think I have my dual wield level up to like level 40. So I don't even have um, all the passives on dual wield. Uh, my back bar is a sword and shield. And I think I'm a level 11 with sword and shield, so I have zero passives on my sword and shield. So missing also, a whole many, lot of passives. How many times have you played a Stamsork in PvP before last night? This was my very first time, too. <laughs> very first Stamsork run. Yeah, and with the amount of success we had last night, I feel like you're just going to be a Stamsork main from now on. After <laughs> there's, now, a, right? there's a chance Stamsork <laughs> main is in the future. Uh, it went really well, felt really well. Um, you know, the character's so far from being done. There's a lot of changes that need to be made. Don't have right, the right, you know, the final Eternal Vigor set on there. Uh, have so much leveling to do with the actual weapon skills. Uh, and on top of that, the skills themselves, uh, you know, I'm, I've got them morphed to what I want, but they're usually morphed to a level one. So uh, even that was a lot. And with all of that kind of working against me, uh, the build still just worked out really well. Uh, yeah. I had so much fun with it. Stamsorg is awesome. It's one of my very favorites. We were talking about this last night because I think when whenever the topic of class identity comes up, the finger always gets point, pointed to Stamsorg saying they're the ones that are suffering most in terms of class identity. They lack class identity. They're very generic and vanilla. They mm -hmm. use so many weapon abilities. They don't get to use a lot of class, class abilities. Um, and just the more time I've spent with a Stamsorg and I've just been thinking about it and stuff, I think I I pretty strongly disagree that they that they lack class identity. Now it doesn't necessarily come in the form of slotting class abilities, but just the way that they play and the way that they operate, they definitely have their own thing going. Uh, like yeah. you, you play a Stamsork differently than you play other uh, other characters or other classes. I feel like you really you know you really have to kind of play one to get that feel too you know because from a distance you're right they look at you look at them and you're like man they're they're kind of stacked against them I don't know what the identity is but when you play as one you really do feel like all right this is this you know warrior that is using these spells to just only make his you know warrior skills more prevalent yeah. uh, I should also mention too that the ultimate I plan on using is Dawnbreaker. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't. I have fighter skill level all the way up with this character, uh, so I don't even. I didn't even have my uh, Dawnbreaker ultimate as well. That's something else that I. Uh, I was using the Atronach ultimate, but it was working well too. So, yeah. um, it was. It was this character. I just can't explain enough how how well the test run went. How excited I am uh, to finish this build out. 
I'm excited for you to have a stab sword. I've been, I've been, <laughs> I've been pushing this so hard for so long. It's finally so happening. long. Uh, uh, and ironically, the funny part about this too is that you know, with Greymore coming, the two builds that I've been most excited about is my vampire build and then this werewolf build that I've kind of mentioned in the past. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. But after last night, this this stab sword kind of uh, maybe even have jumped up to the forefront. Um, yeah. This is. That. This was a lot of fun, uh, and I think it's gonna lead yeah, to a gonna lot those, of success. We're gonna get those those alliance change tokens, so I can bring my stamp sort over to EP, <laughs> which is where he belongs. That's uh, right. And then, oh yeah, we're doing we're gonna do a, a stamp sort duo for sure, and that's gonna be super fun. I can't wait. Yes. For that. Uh, so very excited about that character. Uh, kind of what else I've been doing, you know, um, finishing Neverending Nord. Um, this is my vampire necromancer. Um, this one is kind of interesting. You know, I've talked about how, you know, just kind of a reminder for the weirdness of it is that this is a character that everything that I've built it around is it spends health as its main resource. Um, and it's all about cost reduction, so I'm not spending so much health as to kill myself. Um, and they've made some changes to vampires. You know, the cost reduction um, isn't as big as it used to be. And so... Um, you know, I had mentioned last podcast, I think that's a good thing. I do have some concerns with what it looks like in this build because uh, the cost reduction is very important. Otherwise, you know, I'm spending a lot of health to to utilize my abilities. Um, so, you know, really the biggest thing with this, and we've kind of talked about this, this build's kind of really weird. It's probably going to require a weird play style. It's very unique. Uh, I've never done anything like this before. And so I think the biggest point is that, you know, once Graymore comes out, I'm really just going to have to build this, test it out, kind of just get out there and just get a feel for it and, and make some slight changes and things like that. You know, there's going to be some tinkering for sure after it's all said and done. Uh, but I'm still really excited about the build. I have made some changes. You know, as we mentioned, you know, last week, they have kind of reduced the cost increase of non-vampire skills, and then they've um, reduced the cost decrease you get for a stage four vampire right. and so um you know so it's like the, kind of like a good and a bad thing at the same time yeah um and with this build you know i really am only focused on the free necromancer abilities as well as the vampire ability so it really kind of was a, a nerf for this build at least looking at the stats you know like i said i haven't gotten this build out there to test it but the, the big part of this build with the rotation is is using the rotation and then when my health, you know, ideally when my health gets low enough, I'll have my ult, pop my ult, which when you transform into this vampire scion, you get full health and it gives you a huge health and resource buff. And so um, that cost, you know, made that ultimate go up. I did have it down where it was pretty low and then it went up. And so to kind of make up for that i have switched the um other set i'm using to akaviri dragon guard which if you all aren't familiar with this set the two piece is just 129 magic recovery the four piece is four percent healing taken um or the three piece is four percent healing taken four piece is 1206 max health and then the five piece is it reduces the cost of your ultimate abilities by 15 percent you get that ultimate cost close to back down where you right. where you had it before exactly so yeah. i've kind of got that right back down to where it is uh, i'm actually i did make another switch i originally had this build in light armor i actually switched it to heavy armor which is kind of unique um but it fits in with the uniqueness of this entire build. <laughs> yeah. Um, but 
I, I, you know, I think I've got it to a place where at least is a good start. Uh, I still think this is going to be a really fun build and really fun to play, which is how different it will be. But uh, I'm really excited about that, and and I do have the character kind of all ready to go. So that as soon as Graymore launches, uh, just kind of spec into the abilities and you know, and uh, kind of go from there. Yeah, I, I honestly wish there was like a a spectator mode in BGs or something. Cause I just want to like watch and just see all this crazy vampire and werewolf stuff and Thrasian stranglers. And, yeah. and like, I honestly just kind of want to watch things for a while. and just, that, I think it's going to be really entertaining. That's actually a really good point. That would be, that would be really cool to see. Um, oh, a BG spectator mode. That, that would, that's a separate conversation, but that would be sweet. That would that be, would really be cool. awesome. Yeah. Just like be, spectate when your friend's in a BG, that would be, that would be mm-hmm. really cool. Um, so yeah, and then kind of lastly, you know, we've been doing um, a lot of uh, PVE, mainly just to grind sets for kind of builds. But um, you know, I've kind of recently discovered. So my main, is, you know, Davia Star Jumper. That's my main character. He's a PvP uh, support main. He's he does some some pretty good heals. Very outside the box build. Um, fun build. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so this is my main character, and so uh, my very first character ever made. So. Um, definitely have done the most quests and things like that with him. So he has an abundance of skill points. And so with us doing, you know, dungeon runs and farming for gear and things like that, I've kind of made this secondary setup with him where he has a tank setup, but I didn't want to change any of his PVP main build. And so I had to design this tank setup without changing... Um, any, you know, attribute points or any morphs or anything like that. And so um, it's a it's a magic-based tank. Uh, but just I've just really found out that, you know, I, I've, I have a lot of fun tanking uh, PvE content. You know, I've never tanking really done it before. Fun. It is really fun. I've, you know? I've had a similar realization because uh, I've been playing this Necro Healer, which isn't a tank, but seems actually can function as a tank. Uh, yeah. It uses a Frost Staff. So you know you can taunt with a heavy attack with a frost with a frost step, and the heals are so strong and the debuffs are so powerful. Like um, last night in Imperial City, I was just straight up tanking uh, banner bosses without even holding the block button. I was just standing still in a spot and just keeping my hots up and yeah. my health bar was barely and, moving, and I was standing and in all that AOE and everything. You were tanking you were tanking the bosses up top in the actual Imperial City as well. Yeah. I was, just, I was I was really just kind of wanting to test the build. Like, let's see how strong these heals really are. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to stand right in all that red, you know, and everything. And I was like, dude, I am like, I feel comfortable. You're like, yeah. Tanky yeah. character. Yeah. And it's, there's just something really satisfying, too, about just getting right up in a boss's face and just <laughs> park, parking it right there and be like, you're try to move yep. me, buddy. You know, <laughs> yeah. that is very true. That is very true. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what I have been up to this week. Nice, man. Well, cool. So I guess that's about everything. We're getting close to the end here. Uh, before we go, I will uh, do a couple of shout outs and emails here. Uh, so once again, we've heard from our good friend Tovarish, aka Grizzly Khan. He's one of our guild members. Um, last episode, we were talking about the fact that if you're a stage four vampire in this new patch coming up, um, merchants will refuse to do business with you. They just won't sell you things and they won't buy anything from you either. Uh, and in the patch notes, they hinted that you might be able to change their mind if you're clever or something like that. And we were wondering what that means and how, how you could change their mind. 
Um, well, Tavarish uh, dug up some information, and apparently uh, you can use that new Mesmerize ability that's being given to vampires. That's their uh, AoE stun ability. Uh, well, you can apparently use that to like hypnotize NPCs, kind of like a like a Jedi mind trick, and you can just be like, "I'm not a vampire," you know, and uh, and then they're like, "Oh, sweet, okay, well, let's do business." <laughs> so, uh, so thank you, Tovarish, aka Grizzly Khan, for clearing that up for us uh, once again. Uh, another shout out. I mentioned uh, Danjavan at the beginning of the episode, but I just want to shout him out again. Thank you so much for the attunable crafting stations, man. That's going to help us out a whole lot because it was going to be a bit of a wait before we were going to be able to get those <laughs> in the guild hall. So it's super cool. Thank you so much. Uh, and then lastly, we got a pretty nice email uh, from a player that goes by the name of Pork Body. Uh, he says, hey guys, I've been playing ESO since launch, but took a long break and then came back with the one Tamriel update. So that's right around the time I started. Um, he says that the conversational format of the podcast is great. Please keep these going. He says that he's a delivery driver and loves listening to the podcast uh, during the day while he works. So, man, that's so nice. So great to hear from you. And then he also had uh, a few questions that he wanted us to answer. So uh, question number one, he says, he asks, what MMO... What MMORPGs have you played in the past, and uh, what did you enjoy the most, and why? Uh, Davis, I'll let you uh, answer that one first. Um, yeah, okay. So I started with WoW. That was my very first MMO that I that I started playing. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, I don't have a whole lot of things to say about WoW. I mean, I definitely have great memories um, playing it, but anybody who's played WoW, or at least is played ESO, um, and I, you know, me, I talk with Ked about this often, um, WoW really fell into this cycle uh, where um, every time they come out with an expansion, they would raise the level cap. Um, and when they first started doing it, you know, it was kind of this new, okay, this is interesting, um, you know, the new thing, you know, new content. Um, and then... So uh, combined with that, the more expansions they came out with with raising those level caps, they started coming out saying that they were going to come out with the expansions faster. Um, so, you know, as someone that was my first MMO, I was, you know, at the time I was really into it, played with some friends. Uh, it was, you know, looking back now, um, it's it's crazy to me how great ESO does this and how disappointing it was with WoW. Um, because really what those expansions did, you know, when you have your character, you get really into it. You know, you get your gear, you get your character, you get really attached to your setup, your build, the way that it works. You always tinker when new stuff comes out and things like that. You know, but in ESO, you know, you have a character, they have a build, you like these items, you invest in these items, and when a new expansion comes out, you know, you review the new sets, you make slight changes, um, but you still, your core character is there. Uh, when WoW, an expansion came out, and the level cap raised, it was basically just a complete reset wipe of your character. Yeah, and just to kind of clarify what you're saying, I mean, obviously... People listening already know this, but the thing in ESO is, yeah, you get new options when the build when it, when a when a patch goes live, but you can totally just ignore any new stuff, and your your current build as it is is still legitimate. Whereas whereas with WoW, it's totally it's your your build is garbage now. Throw it away and get a new yeah. one. Yeah, and and so in WoW, you know, when that expansion happened, all your gear, 
all the stuff you had would just, you know, you you end up vendoring it. You know, you would just sell it off because yeah. there's no point to it anymore. So it kind of, you know, around that time, you had kind of started, you know, talking to me about ESO. This was around one Tamriel. Uh, and so I had switched over to ESO. Uh, and really... You know, I've loved ESO as an MMO, but really, I think what kind of just sold me on that is that this is my MMO going forward. I'm I'm all in. I'm sold on it. Was I had taken probably like a year long break uh, from ESO, and I had done this when I had played WoW too. Um, but when I had taken you know extended breaks in WoW, when I came back, it was almost like starting the game all over again. I was way out of date. I was way under level. I didn't have any gear. I couldn't compete with the high end. Uh, and then when, when I took that break from ESO and I came back, it was so just... Everything still yeah, works, it was so, right? Your gear's still yeah, good? Yeah, it was so eye-opening to me that I came in, I had so much content to do, so much new stuff I could do, but my character was still very good. Still high, I could still compete, you know, I didn't have to go in and gain any new levels. I didn't have to go find all this new gear. My character kind of still held his place. It was so... There might have been some room to optimize with how things have changed, but the build was still essentially fine. Yeah, I still have that gear before I took that break. I still have that in my, you know, in my bank, you know, and I still have those sets and I still use those from time to time. It was so incredibly rewarding to me when I came back. It was kind of this realization like... It, what a great job they've done with the design of this game. So yeah, the only other MMO I've ever played was uh, I have played the Final Fantasy, and I have a semi-high level on that. Once again, it's very similar to WoW. Uh, I had quit. Uh, I quit that one because it was the same thing. They released expansions. They raised they raised the level cap. You got to find all new gear. I just really do not like that model. I like how ESO rewards uh, your status as a as a high level character. Um, well, ESO is my very first um, MMORPG uh, of any kind, um, and I didn't really even know, like I knew that this game was called an MMORPG, I knew that that's like the genre or whatever, but I didn't know really what that was, what that meant at the time. Uh, I just wanted an open world game set in the Skyrim, whatever universe Skyrim was in, because I liked Skyrim <laughs> at the time. Um, so that's, you know, and that's basically like, I remember even Googling, like, how can I hide other players? Like, I just wanted it to be a single player game. Um, and honestly, I feel like I am the exact target person for, for ESO. I feel like ESO is an elaborately designed trap for me specifically, <laughs> you know, they lure me in with the, with the lore and the open world and the questing stuff. That's, that's what I came here for. And then there's all these little things to keep you here once, once you're in here. Um, so I was a total noob, man. I remember like uh, when I when I realized that I stopped getting gear that was like at my level, right? I noticed that the gear stopped matching my level after CP 160, and I was like, "What? What's that about? Is there a bug or something happening here?" So I ended up <laughs> googling that, discovering that there's this thing called a gear cap, um, and that kind of led me into discovering there's these things called builds. Where you could like optimize your your character to do specific content, uh, and so I, I started getting into all that, and I was well, I was like CP two hundred plus uh, before kind of discovering this whole world of min maxing and doing builds, and there's there's apparently group content where you can uh, go meet up with people and and do stuff together. Um, so I'd been playing the game almost a year before I started like doing dungeons and stuff like that. Um, 
And when Davis, uh, when Davis joined, he was making fun of me because I had never used a mount a single time <laughs> in that entire time I'd been playing. Yep. I had just been traveling the whole map by foot. I'd done all the zone quests. I completed the main quest. So I'd been all over the map completely by foot. Um, but yeah, I loved every moment of it, man. I was like, I was captivated. This was like a magical, mysterious, like bewildering place. I had no idea what was going on and just kind of slowly piecing it together bit by bit over time uh, has been a tremendously rewarding experience uh, and really, really fun. I miss that first playthrough though. I know that I'll, I'll never get that back. Like, you know, killing a troll and getting like, oh, this dagger's got a, a shock glyph on it. Holy crap. Heck yeah, dude, this is so much better than the one that I have. It doesn't have a glyph at all. You know, <laughs> like, you know just getting super excited about junk. Uh, I'll never get that back. One of the coolest stories that I, you always tell me about when you first started playing was the fact that, you know, you started in Auradon. And you thought that mm -hmm. the zone of Ordon was the entire game. Like you thought that was yeah, you thought that was it. I guess I made it off the starting island without really realizing what had happened, I guess. And the first time I looked at the map, I was in Auradon. And, you know, I just I didn't I didn't click my, my right mouse button to zoom out. And so I was like, Oh, that's the map. Cool, it looks pretty big. This looks like a pretty big game. You know? <laughs> uh, such an awesome story. Uh yeah, so naive. It was so long ago. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my MMO experience. Uh, question number two, let's try to move through these a little quicker. Sure. Um, he asks, do you think introducing a new open world PVP zone in the game would be good or interesting? Uh, something different from Cyrodiil, he says, kind of like Stranglehorn Vale and WoW, which I don't know what that is. Uh, it is my personal opinion. I, I think Cyrodiil is a phenomenal design and an idea they've done such an amazing job to really feel like you're in this real battlefield, this real war, you know, they've got siege engine, they've got keeps, you've got all these people. It's this massive zone. You're, you know, everybody's hopping on mounts and going over these hills and running to the battles. And, uh, it really feels like a war. Here's my thing. If, if we can get Cyrodiil working yeah. good, Right, where the performance isn't so bad. Like, I agree with you that the design is really awesome. The idea is awesome. Um, and when Cyrodiil works well, it's some of the most fun I've ever had in this game. Yeah. But that experience is so rare because the performance is so bad. Yep. Um, and, you know, I'm right there with everyone else. I'm tired of seeing people complain about Cyrodiil's performance on the forums and stuff all the time. But then, you know, once a month I go into Cyrodiil to do my transmute grind, and boy, oh boy, it's real bad. It's really, really bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, the question being asked, do you, do you think introducing a new open world PvP zone in the game would be good or interesting? Um, so I, my answer is no. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think it would be because, well... Okay, the one way I think it would be good or interesting is if they determine, you know what, we can't fix Cyrodiil. We don't know how. It's a lost cause. Throw it in the trash. Start over from scratch and make a new open world PvP zone. If if that's the plan, I say go right ahead. Otherwise, I would say just take that energy and focus it on making Cyrodiil work well. Yeah. 
Um, I think that's going to be the better way to yeah, go. Yeah, my answer to the question would be very similar to yours. I, I would uh, I, I will say that anything would be anything new is always interesting to me. So I would say it would be interesting, but I, I would hope that they don't introduce new zones because, like you said, I would hope the focus would go into just fixing Cyrodiil. If they wanted to do something where they break Cyrodiil up, to where you know if that could help performance, so they break Cyrodiil up, up into some zones, uh, I think that would be good. But I like the design of Cyrodiil too much to for them to to, to drop that and create new zones. Um, so I, I would hope, uh, my answer would be no. I, I could see it would be interesting, but I would hope no, that they don't introduce any new zones. They just fix Cyrodiil. Yeah. Um, he's got a couple more questions here. Um, he asks, if there were to be a new class introduced into ESO, what would you like to see? Uh, I'll start this one off. Um, I think about this a lot, and I really have a hard time coming up with uh, like what new class there could be. Like, how how many more classes even are there, lore-wise or whatever? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would like to see some sort of unarmed thing. I don't know if it'd be a whole new class or just a special skill line or something. Um, but I'd like to see some sort of um, way to make a build where you have no weapons equipped. Like, maybe there's a skill line where you get a bunch of really powerful passives only when you don't have weapons equipped. And if you do equip a weapon, they, they go away. Uh, or, or something like that. I'd like to see something kind of like that. Um, I don't really have any ideas for specific classes, do you? Yeah, I mean, kind of what you're saying kind of reminds me of some sort of like martial arts monk uh, type of class. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that I think that there's definitely potential for there. I think you could probably make a class out of that instead of a skill line. I mean, a skill line would be cool as well, but I think there's a type for a martial arts slash monk type class. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it's hard to come up with a new class. They've done such a good job, pretty robust with their classes. Yeah, and I feel like, I mean, there's, like in old, older Elder Scrolls games, there are other, um, cl- there's like a vampire hunter class and things like yeah. that. But I think a lot of these have, the, the themes of those classes, the aesthetics of those classes closely resemble classes that we already have. Yeah. So I think it's it would be kind of difficult to choose some of those based on that. I think the big thing with um, with a lot of like classes, like you're saying, like a vampire hunter or a rogue or like you know, you know, a paladin wearing heavy armor or like you know, like a some sort of healing cleric that's wearing light armor. I think that they kind of cover it because any class, any of the existing classes, you can choose if you want them in heavy, medium, or light armor. So you can kind of theme an existing class to fit a lot of different classes. Yeah. Seems like a lot of those bases are kind of covered. And now with Necromancer, I feel like that was the last obvious one, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And now that that's here, yeah, some sort of like monk or like unarmed situation, whether it's a class or or some other way, that's really what I want to see. Yeah, that would be really cool. And then last question from Porkbody here. Uh, Do you think introducing either an arena or maybe a ranked BG system in the game would be fun, good, bad, etc.? Um... So I think a ranked BG system would be cool if the player population can support it, if the queue times wouldn't be uh, outrageous. I think that would be great. Uh, I think it would be great to have, I don't know if it would be ranked or unranked, but it would be cool to have two different Battlegrounds queues. Uh, One that's basically currently how it is where you can only queue up solo and nothing else. Uh, And then the other one, this could be the ranked one, where it's basically how it used to be and any any grouping situation goes you can queue up solo if you want but you just have to accept you may be going up against pre-mades uh, or you can get a two-man three-man four-man group if you want um i would like to see that and just everyone knows when you're entering that queue you know what you're getting into 
and I think that could solve a lot of problems for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, really agreement with kind of what you're saying. I I think that there's a you know the 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 player having the amount of player base to support it is huge. That's kind of the biggest thing going into it. But you know yeah. they do kind of have somewhat of a ranking for battlegrounds right now. Um, I think that I think that the the foundation is there. I think that they, you know, over time or if, you know, if it becomes a focus of theirs, I think with that, they can just put some more details into it and things like that. And I think that they could create uh, a more sophisticated ranking system from what they have right now. Um, the amount of time you play, I think weighs into it a little too much. Um, yeah, but I think, I think that the foundation is there and I think in the future that, 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 you know, as the game grows more and more players come on, uh, I think we'll get something that will only be better down the road. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, we, we we talk about Battlegrounds a lot and how we want the, the groupings to come back. Uh, one way or another, you know, like, like we said earlier, there was a developer comment saying, hey, not happening anytime <laughs> soon, so we can just kind of forget about it for now. Um, but yeah, um, it would be sweet to have some sort of second queue option uh, if if the the number of players queuing up can support it. Yeah, that's the that's the kind of the unknown thing there. Yep. Anyway, Portbody says thanks for doing these podcasts uh, and the feedback on the questions from one skooma addicted orc. <laughs> thanks, man, for writing in that email. That's uh, that's really some really great uh, stuff for us to to talk about there, and that helps us out a lot. Yeah, just like you said, huge thank you. That's awesome to take time for the email and and ask us some fantastic great questions. Yep. If anyone else listening would like to send us an email, ask any questions, or just make some comments, tell a joke, whatever you want to do, uh, the email is scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. That's scrollin with an I-N, no G, scrollinpodcast at gmail.com, and let us know what you think. And I think that's just about it for this episode of Scrollin'. Davis, do you have anything else before we go? Uh, nope. Just, uh, you know, as, as Ked always says, you know, if you guys are interested in joining up with Stoons, uh, Stoons Goons, you know, you can reach either one oh, of yeah. us. Oh yeah, you gotta be able to. We you gotta tell people how to get a hold I, I, of us. I let so. you do the plug because you, you, like I always say, it sounds so much better coming from you. Well, You've you got gotta it. remind me to do the plug. <laughs> that, and then that's I'll my do job. It. I'll <laughs> remind you to do the plug, and then you you can hit it. Uh, so yeah, you can email email us at scrollingpodcast at gmail If you want to get a hold of either one of us in the game, uh, you can hit me up at Ket Sparrowhawk or Davius at Star Jumper. Uh, just to say hi, let us know you want to be uh, added uh, to the to the Stoons Goons Guild. Uh, we're getting that going. Um, or anything else um, that you want to just chat with us about, any questions or whatever, we're happy to hear from you. And I think that's going to do it, so we're going to call that a podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks.